My man, Pots and Pants again. Hello there, good looking. Uh, buddy, it's my last day of batching it from the wife. Oh, yeah. She's been gone for a few days. Were yep. you mischievous or were you a good little boy? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love I miss her. But last night I made myself a big cocktail. One big cocktail. That's all I love. <laughs> living it up. Living it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> big cocktail. And then after my cocktail, I made myself one of those cauliflower pizzas. So I was eating half good, half bad. Smothered it with all kinds of stuff. So my big cocktail and my cauliflower pizza. Cocktails and cauliflower. <laughs> yeah, baby. So anyway, parents today have it so easy. There's a new app out, Thomas, called Chatter Baby. And what it does, it analyzes the acoustic features of a baby's cry. They uploaded 2,000 different samples of infants crying from getting a vaccination, other kinds of pain, ear infections, colic, or just being tired or fussy. And they feed it into this app, and then... When the parents, kids crying, when the, the, the kids crying, the parents. Yeah, I think don't... you had it right the first time. I think the parents are crying. <laughs> You're right. You're right about that. You have to rely on your stupid device now to figure out if your kid is happy or sad. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. I guess in a way, it's. I mean, technology is wonderful, and you know whatever it can do to help the parent. But, geez, did your kids cry when they were little kids? Of course, all little kids cry. You figure it out. There's no manual. There's no app for being a parent. You just right. got to go in there and do it. Come on. You know, what do they call this app again? Baby Chatter app. So <laughs> you got an app to figure out if your kid is happy or sad. I'll tell you what. Let's you and I go and, <laughs> and compete with this Baby Chatter app, and let's come up with our own app and call it the Hap app. What Hap do you think? app, baby. Hap app. Well, here's a dirty little secret. Babies only cry when ugly people hold them. Did you know that? <laughs> that is a universal so, truth, my friend. Right. You know, I remember, you know, I don't remember much, but I remember as a kid, it was one <laughs> thing. All I had to do was cry, and all of a sudden, boobs appear. That's pretty sweet, oh, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See? You learned early on how to swim in the land of motorboating. My mother tells this story. When I was a kid, I used to cry a lot. So you know what she did? She had to run the vacuum cleaner. She put the vacuum cleaner in my room. To drown out the noise? Yeah. Oh. Well, no. Oh, that is cruel. Well, So she also... just let you cry and turn on the vacuum cleaner, which probably scared you to death. No, it put me to sleep, she said. Oh, wow. How about them apples? There's so much that I'm learning about you that makes so much sense now about your crazy warped personality. <laughs> now I just cry by myself in my room watching the news sometimes. That's so sad. Tom and Mike. When young Thomas had that bitchin' bod, did him and young Karen ever think about going to a nudist colony? <laughs> when I had, you're talking like past tense here. Well, we all had better bods back when we were in our 20s, right? Yeah, it hasn't been that long now. Okay, so did you ever have to think about going to a nudist colony? Never. Well, Happen. how about you? Did no. you get out of here. <laughs> I'm not going to God darn nudist colony. Now, listen, I know that you're Polish, okay? Yep. And I know that poles are, well, poles are poles. Yeah. But if you were at a nudist colony, would your pole be identified as a pole? <laughs> no. Okay. Just curious. I don't wear that flag around there anymore. <laughs> but uh, when do you think the first American nudist colony was? When do you think it happened? What year? I'm going to say a couple of hundred years ago. 1929. Also the same year of the Great Depression. And maybe that's why everybody got naked. They couldn't afford clothes. In 2004, there was 260 organized nudist colonies in America. Now it's down to 200. Why do you think that is? 
It's going by way of the drive-in movie theater, I guess. <laughs> I'll tell you why it is. Why? We're a fat people. Who wants to see a fat nudist, right? Oh, this is true. This That's is probably so what true. it is. There should be like, you know, certain restrictions for nudist colonies before you can get in, right? Well, they do have rules of etiquette. You want to hear some of them? Yeah. You're not allowed to bring a cell phone with a camera. Okay. They allow people to ease in, meaning if you're a new newcomer and you maybe don't want to go nude right from the first day, you can ease in by wearing, you know, shorts one day and t-shirt and take them off little by little so in a way you're kind of transitioning right you bring a towel with you everywhere they didn't explain that one but i guess you can put that in your mind and think about it you got to wear footwear they allow you to eat in the nude but they don't want you to do it but you can do it there's no public displays of infection i guess i get that right okay Too you don't excited. want to get excited right <laughs> Single people aren't allowed. Did you know that? Single people are not allowed. Right. Okay. Because they think they're coming to hit on dates and stuff like that. They don't want you to wear provocative lingerie or tight dresses or jeans or stuff like well, that. Well, that pretty much does you in. That's right, buddy. Yeah, all those nice negligees that you bought just for that. Tom and Mike. You know what a hot desk is? A hot desk? Yeah. No. A hot desk is a company, like the big company, a lot of people sharing office space. They share the same keyboard, the phones. That's what they call a hot desk. Oh, okay. So you know that the average office harbors 400 times more bacteria than the average toilet seat? Think about that. Yeah, I could believe that. Everybody's touching everything and they're bringing their germs in and they're bringing their colds and their flus. And isn't it kind of difficult to spray a, a keyboard? Yeah. Back when I first got into radio a very long time ago, you would take over, you know, this is when radio was always live. You would take over after someone was on live. So you'd be touching all the equipment that they just touched. Right. Certain jocks would speak very close into the microphone. So they actually, you know, their spit was on the mic. And we used to ruin more microphones with Lysol. It was unbelievable. Try spraying Lysol into a control board, you know, a mixer, a big mixer, right? Right. Yeah. The engineers would hate me because I was a germaphobe even back in the day, and I'd be spraying everything. Not good for electronics. Well, they say that when you get in the morning, wash your work mug every day when you get in there. Make sure the often refrigerator is the right temperature. Protect your food by placing it in plastic-laden containers. The ready-to-eat foods at the top of the refrigerator away from raw food. Keep antibacterial wipes to clean your phone. Give a borrowed pen to clean with a wipe. Somebody borrows your pen, gives it back, wipe it. Door handles are terrible. Do whatever you can with them. Your keyboard and mouse and the copy machine. I know I always wash my backside after I use the copy machine. Do you do that? <laughs> Did you ever do that? Your backside. Did you ever make a video or a you know, pressure butt on the back of a copy machine? Well, you were afraid to say butt, weren't you? You told me not to. No, butt's okay. Okay. You know, the A word or the whole word. <laughs> you don't want to put those words together. Butt's okay. Right. When you said your backside, I, <laughs> I pictured you on the copy machine. <laughs> My legs up, El Kembo. And the leg. <laughs> yeah. You know, with your actual back trying to, you know, make a copy of your back. Hey, check this out. I hate those people in the office who chew their pen, especially when I'm trying to use it, right? Right. Oh, here's the thing you worry about. What about people's belts? They go in the bathroom, they do their business, they fix their pants, then they wash their hands. <laughs> Avoid belts, people. 
Right? Think about that. Right. And why would you be worried about touching that guy's belt? <laughs> That's well, he can touch the belt. <laughs> well, he can be just touched. stop right there. There you go. <clears throat> Too much information, sir. You throw some of that Lysol down your throat, clearing your throat all this time. <clears throat> Tom and Mike. Now you're not a beer guy, are you? Sometimes. But it might be a good idea for you to keep a six-pack in the uh, refrigerator because... In the did, studio. Did you know that? <laughs> you know, I do have a refrigerator in the studio. Do you? I do. You're a good man. Should I open a cool one right now? Beer could make your home sparkle. Do you know that beer removes stains, spruces up your lawn? For example, if you got a coffee... Isn't there sugar in beer? Listen to this. you got coffee on your rug, just pour some beer directly on the stain and rub gently with a clean cloth... The bubbles will help lift out the grime. You've got brown spots on your yard. You pour a beer. The fermented sugar can stimulate plant growth and kill off the fungus. How about that? But when you're pouring it on your floor or your carpet, are you going to have a sticky spot? Well, I guess you then you can dab it. <laughs> well. Then, then you can dab it with water. Okay. But it really works. How about on dog urine? <laughs> Probably. If it's so good for removing stains, how come all those drunks who have beer stains dribble down their clothing? What about that? How come it doesn't Yeah, yeah, that? Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. You didn't see that movie, did you? No. Beauty treatments have gained a cult following due to the ability of the yeast in it to soften the skin. It's a natural disinfectant. Soaking your feet in beer gives it a natural clean. And pouring half a can of beer in a chicken before cooking it, place it in the oven, can make it even more juicy. And they're finding out that the hops in beer can prevent certain cancers. Wow. And up till now, doctors thought the only medical benefits of beer was easing the pain of that long weekend with your in-laws. Remember those days? Yeah. Yeah. So look at beer coming through, pal. Coming through. Coming through loud and clear. I know. Let's open up another cool one, shall we? Tom and Mike. Well, this Massachusetts man really likes big screen TV. He was arrested. Here's what happened. He ordered a 74-inch TV from Amazon, which he got. It was delivered to him. He got the TV set, and then they sent him another TV set that he didn't ask for, but he kept it. Okay. I always thought finders keepers, but that's not a legal defense? Not a legal defense. It's not? No. What about possession nine-tenths of the law? No. And so he got arrested. Well, yeah, the police were called, come to his house. They arrested him. He had to get a lawyer. You know, I wanted a big screen TV. You know, my wife did. She just put my chair close to the TV set. Not that. <laughs> Isn't that smart? Tom and Mike. Now, we've talked about this many times. Millennials are living with their parents longer and longer and longer. How many millennials do you think they're living at home right now? The exact number, I couldn't tell you. Just but r- roughly. Percentage-wise? Yeah. I'm going to go with 20%. 22%. Really? Yep. New Jersey's the highest state for living, 12.5%. And North and South Dakota, the lowest. That's because they want to get the hell out of there. They don't care if they don't have any money, right? Boy, that's a high number. I was just spitballing there. You're not impressed. <laughs> no, you're the Renaissance man. But here's what psychologists say. It's bad for everyone's mental health. It's increased risk for depression for not just the kids, but also the parents. They give these guidelines. They say to parents with kids living at home in their 20s, don't ask them what they're doing or when they'll be back at night. Let them do their own iron and washing. Right. Never go to their rooms without being asked. Let them buy their own food. Treating your child like a lodger might sound grim, but in the long term, it affords them the distance they need to maintain their independence. That makes sense, right? Right. But I didn't know it was caused so much depression and stuff. Depression on the part of the parents? Both. You know, it's just one household that, you know, the kids don't want to be there, and the parents probably... 
you know, want their kid to go get a life. Right. Can't live in the basement forever. Right. I have a nephew. Right. He's in his forties. He's never had a job. I know what you're thinking. He's got some kind of mental problem. No, he's perfectly normal. He doesn't want to work. And for the last, well, his entire life, he's lived at home with his parents. Is that crazy? Yep. I think, does he ever had a girlfriend? No, not interested in girls, not interested in guys. What's he do for a living? He, you know, he doesn't work at all. Doesn't work at all. Well, that's a terrible existence. It is. Does, you, does anybody ever like sit down and say, now, why don't you want to go out and, and earn a living? Well, it's funny because he had an older brother that he always lived in the shadow of. His older brother's very successful. He's always felt like he never really matched up. So... What's he going to do if his parents die? Yeah, well, he'll have some kind of inheritance, I guess, and just continue to live there. Isn't that sad? It is sad. It is sad. You know, when I was that age, I loved my mom, but I really loved her about 10 states in between us, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It is sad. You don't want to think about that, but I think the kid needs some help. Did they ever think about sending him anywhere? Oh, he's one of these people where he's like Mr. Know-it-all. You can't say anything to him. He's got the answer to everything, which drives me crazy. How do you talk to somebody who has that kind of attitude about everything? Like he just knows it all. It's awful. I wonder what he does all day with his time. I think there are probably a lot of video games involved. Why don't you bring him on the show? We'll talk to him. (laughs) We won't be judgmental. We'll just try and, what's his first name? Yeah, we're going a little deep. (laughs) All right. In case he's listening to my I only have one nephew in his 40s living in the basement. (laughs) All right. In a van down by the river. Well, get out, my friend, and smell that fresh air today. Come on. You really want to know his name? I bet it's Herbert. No, it's it's Matt. Matt. Come on, Matt. Matt Foley. He's pulling up his pants around around his big fat arse right now. I bet he is fat, too. (laughs) In the van down by the river. Boy, I don't know about you, but I miss him. You know who I'm talking about? Yep. Chris Farley. So, so, so talented. Kind of like Tom and Mike. Yeah. Which you can find us any day. And we're humble, too. We're proud that we're so humble. And the web address for the daily podcast, whatsthisworldcomingto.com.